State Champs Nation, Lauren Plant here. Before we get to this podcast, I just wanted to bring you a quick programming note. The State Champs Sports Network is expanding our podcast programming. In order to make it easier for you to listen to the podcast you want to listen to, we wanted to break them all out. You can find each of our podcasts on your favorite podcast platform, from Apple and Google Podcasts to Spotify and so many more. If you're a State Champs super fan, you want to listen to them all, you don't have to to change a thing. We'll still be posting everything in this feed. Now, on with the podcast. Hi, and welcome to another State Champs podcast. This is Michigan Extra Point, the high school football podcast, and the show is presented by Lawrence Technological University. And we are also brought to you by Hungry Howies. I've got some great info for student-athletes who aspire to compete at the next level. Lawrence Tech offers over two dozen NAIA varsity sports. Info coming up on how you can recruit yourself shortly. Extra Point also brought to you in part by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. My name is Lauren Plants, and my podcast partners are none other than the man behind Bernie's Bites, Scott Bernstein, and keeping it in the blogosphere, the author of Out of Left Field, of which both can be read for free at statechampsnetwork.com, Matt Mowry. Scott, how are you holding up these days? I know your other life is busy, but on the sports side, not so much. Well, you know, recruiting is a is a 24 seven endeavor and it is even the pandemic hasn't really uh, shut down recruiting if anything it's accelerated it so uh, I still have a, a lot of stuff uh, lots of stuff to write about for uh, our scout team blog and the Bernie's Bites blog so you know thrilled about that 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 you know out of all of the professions uh, a lot of a lot of professions get affected by COVID but recruiting doesn't so I'm lucky in that regard um, and I'm just happy that we're 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 on the podcast again. Yeah, talking football. Whether or not we're going to have it or not, I guess it's still up in the air. But at least we can talk about it. Absolutely. And Matt Mauer, you know, we would have been just getting ready for a thrill ride that would have been the remainder of the football playoffs, as well as seeing the conclusion of volleyball and swimming. But now it really is just a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, I mean, it, if I feel like I'm tuning into a press conference every. <laughs> yeah day and a half just to see if possibly anybody says anything that's even remotely germane to high school sports and then it's nothing so i i i I totally get how invested these kids are and how much they want to hear some good news but unfortunately we haven't had a whole lot of that to bring to them recently even though we keep looking for it i'd like to say also that i mean it's it's very disconcerting that we're here right now where we are and there are obviously a ton of factors that are playing into it that we have no control over but i want to commend the mhsaa uh and mark yule i I think they've done a fantastic job have bent over backwards to do everything in their power to try to put us in a position to finish these seasons and I, i think that if if it was up to them we would be playing right now. So I, I don't think there's really any blame to be put on the MHSAA. And I've been very difficult uh, and, a, and a critic of that governing body over the years. And I've never been, in my, in, in my time covering uh, high school sports in Michigan, I've never been 
uh, happier with the leadership that we're getting from from the state right now, or from the MHSA and Mark Ewell. I think it's it's really been impressive, and they, and they deserve they deserve some kudos. Absolutely. All right. Topics we have on the table for the show: bold predictions as to how or if the football season will be finished. How does early enrollment and the loss of key players to their respective universities change the power structure in high school football? The early signing period right around the corner. We'll talk some state champs, scout team recruiting, and we're going to get into some Mr. Football and Amble Award talk due to the fact that we have to name our champions before the end of the year. Now, I mentioned that Lawrence Technological University has a unique unique way for student-athletes to recruit themselves, so just listen to this if you're a high school athlete with the dream of playing college sports lawrence technological university wants you to recruit yourself ltu offers over two dozen varsity sports for men and women along with several dozen world-class undergraduate programs athletic and academic scholarships are available in all sports including its newest additions competitive cheer and dance e-sports women's hockey and men's and women's track and field Visit ltuathletics.com and recruit yourself. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. All right, gentlemen, welcome back. And let's start with the unprecedented nature uh, of what's taking place. And the football season uh, has, I guess, a few options that are on the table. Uh, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on, on how you feel a plan can be put in place so that we can at some point crown some state champs. Scott, I'll start with you. I mean, I, I, I don't know if there can be. I, I think they're going to try. I think they're going to do everything in their power to pull this off. Uh, I think right now they'll be uh, focusing on trying to finish this thing at some point in the spring or when the weather breaks. Um, it's a logistical nightmare. I mean, just stating, you know, it is what it is. I don't know if they'll be able to pull it off, but I know they'll try. What do you say, Matt? Yeah, I don't, with this last extension of the, you know, the, the holding pattern, I don't know that they let, there's any option for them to play it right now. I mean, it's, you could try, you can make up some, some feasibility plans to try to play football in the winter but i mean for the other two sports for swimming which just has the state meet that's easy for volleyball which just has quarterfinals semifinals and finals which are all played indoors and a limited amount of teams yeah right yeah exactly so you're looking at those you can get done before you even start winter i guess the 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 discussion now is do you try to figure out a way to jam football in now which I don't think is feasible, or do you try to try to fit it in between the end of winter and the start of spring? And I know originally when we were trying to fit a whole football season in there, a lot of the very valid arguments from spring sports coaches were, hey, man, we already had one season entirely canceled. Don't affect our, you know, a second season for us so you can, you know, jam. Because primarily we were, we were worried about what football was going to do in the spring. So it, it, it'll be now, granted, we only have a couple more rounds of football, but I think there are still 56 teams left. So it's going to take a while. You're going to have, have to have a while to spin these teams back up. And as you mentioned, we're going to have a lot of teams that are working in new players because kids have gone and signed early. So I guess best case scenario is probably, you know, get swimming and volleyball over so we can start spring, start spring and try to get 
or start winter sports, excuse me, and try to get as much of them done so we can try to see if there's a window in between winter and and spring. But the problem is at this point, you've already pushed winter back two months almost before we even start practices for boys basketball or girls basketball or any of those. So those are going to be condensed seasons. And I think what you're going to end up happening is, is, is you're probably going to get, you know, this coach a little mad at that coach. And, you know, because we're going to have a lot more conflicts than we normally do with seasons overlapping. Yeah. And you mentioned it early enrollment. You know, something that has never been a factor into uh, the Michigan high school football season. But undoubtedly, and and we saw it, you know, right away with Brendan Sullivan, the Davison quarterback, you know, kind of putting his tearful goodbye uh, very eloquently, I would Mm -hmm. add, into words. And, you know, he's somebody who's not going to be able to finish the season if it does come back in March, April, or whenever. Uh, There obviously are many more uh, that are ultimately going to leave on some very good teams that are very critical pieces to their success. Yeah, I broke some news this morning regarding that. Uh, West Bloomfield's Donovan Edwards and Maxwell Harrison uh, have both said that they're leaving early. They're going to enroll in January. So now we have uh, the number one quarterback in the state off the board for the remainder of the playoffs and the number one running back in the state, maybe the most uh, electric player, uh, at least offensively, that we have in the MHSAA right now is is uh, waving goodbye and uh, won't be here if we, if we resume after the uh, after the new year. So that was uh, sad for me to report because Donovan, such a special player and someone that is, is in our Mr. Football race, and um, it's just unfortunate that uh, on one on one hand it's unfortunate that he can't finish and, and we can't kind of have a proper send off. But in another way, I was thinking his last game as a high school player was so special. Uh, six touchdowns, 150 yards, and one half against a really good defense of Sterling Heights Stevenson and Giovanni Alhadi, who's heading off to Michigan. And for him to have that kind of game, maybe it was fitting for him to go off into the sunset after a six touchdown half. <laughs> yeah, true. And, uh, you know, Matt, uh, again, the teams that are left, the 56 that you mentioned, a lot of great players. Uh, on teams who are favored, and uh, it's 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 interesting uh, because it I think it changes, you know, how okay. we would go into predicting who yeah. would be the next state champs. I think, quite honestly, and a caveat we we should probably throw in here, and I think I miscounted it. It's 50, 54 teams because you've got forty six in eleven player and eight more in eight player. Got it. You're not going to have any player guys going. Um, And one of the things I've seen is, well, what about these kids? Maybe we should, you know, try to figure it out so they can still play. I can guarantee you one thing. Give them a a waiver. Well, no, not not that. But the MHSA will not take this into consideration when they're – and they probably shouldn't, given the small number that this is. Even if there are 54 teams left and you're assuming 40 players per team, we're talking – 2,200 players total left playing, if it just as a round estimate. And if you have 50 kids who enroll early, that's 2%. You're not probably going to change how you structure your rescheduling for 2%. Now, having said that, this is going to impact D1 more than any other of the playoff races. As you said, West Bloomfield is going to be hit. I haven't seen specifically any kids from Belleville, but you know Belleville is going to get hit with that. And Castec. 
Raheem Anderson is going Yeah, and Raheem tweeted out a list of kids that are going. CJ Wilson, Doran Ray, Terrence Enos, Kobe King, Kalen King. You know, all those guys are going. So Cast Tech would be a completely different team when we resume. King going to be the same way. But these are these are affecting specific teams. You probably know. Derek Harmon from Loyola is the only kid that I've seen that's maybe D8. below D3 that's yeah. going to yeah he's he's down in D8 so that's you're you're probably going to have this effect D1 a little bit D2 and some D3 but those are those are the races we're looking at but yeah you could be coming back with wildly different looking rosters you know for some of those teams specifically the ones we mentioned and and have kids that you've never heard of being yeah, the, the ones the, that are settling state titles for those teams it would almost be like you'd be getting a um a sneak preview of the 2021 right. team yep. like you'd be yep. seeing more of the 21 team finishing off the 20 playoffs than the 20 team finishing off the 20 playoffs well interesting as we just kind of uh you know think about it and uh you know talk about it because it's fun you know that bottom half of d1 which is cast tech belleville west bloomfield and romeo <laughs> the team that might be the strongest at right now might be romeo yeah uh that's coming in when it's all said and done and we kind of see how things shake out because again like you said lots of new faces maybe guys who have not played they're not going to have a whole lot of time to get ready uh when these playoffs resume so who knows uh what's going to happen with that i i could probably pretty much bet christian do reed isn't going anywhere so as long as he's still man in the uh uh the you know offense. under center yeah. then uh belleville is probably going to be in a really good position uh on the other side now with davison obviously uh severely hampered by the loss of brandon sullivan detroit catholic central who is not losing i would imagine anybody to early enrollment as, as amazing of a, of a program is that catholic central is dating back decades they've never been a blue chip factory right they've never been a, a school that's consistently putting out tons of power five school kids no so that's a tribute to them and that yeah. bodes well in this type of environment absolutely so i mean they're going to be in great shape and i i think uh you know i think oak park is probably going to be a team that's going to be affected yeah. by early enrollment. No, well actually i talked to greg okay. carter yesterday okay and i have a story that's coming out today and i think it already might be out okay um where i say that donovan edwards is leaving but the oak park kids according to greg carter are all staying Interesting. Benny Stain, Prim Stain, Rayshon Benny, uh, one of our – is he in the Anvil race again? Yep, sure is. Uh, so Rayshon uh, Benny, who's in, in our Anvil race, uh, defensive lineman, offensive lineman. Davion Prim is a tailback uh, who's committed to Michigan State with Benny. They're both staying. Marlon Dawson, uh, linebacker who was going off to uh, Miami of Ohio, he's staying. Jalen Mines, who's committed to Toledo, he's staying. Okay. And then um, – at Country Day, which is Division Four, and there aren't a lot of mm-hmm. Power Five kids at Division Four. Country Day's got Caleb Tiernan, right? And he, according to Coach McLean, he's staying. Good. So good, interesting. Well, that's good. That's good. That's good on on their part. So, I mean, Division Two, uh, Oak Park had so much momentum. Whether they're going to be able to to recapture that, you know, four months from now, will be interesting uh muskegamona shores is not losing anybody brady yeah. rose is not committing early so uh they have a huge matchup with east lansing andrew anthony i would imagine is leaving early but i do not I know saw, that information yeah, I, think, I think i saw that he said he was going to sign on the 16th um with michigan so if you're okay. just to clear i should know this because i consider myself that's a okay yeah, recruiting yeah. guru so if you sign on the 16th that means you're early enrolling 
I don't I don't know that for a fact either. I just yeah, I, I, I was trying to figure that out as well. Right. I don't I think don't, that's the case. But that's the I way that the coaches so. but coaches were because Matt just kind of phrased it like that. Right. But I've heard that from other coaches in the last couple of weeks. Like uh Coach Bellamy when I called over for West Bloomfield for Donovan Edwards and I said, Is Donovan gonna be staying here for if the playoffs resume in twenty one? He said, No, he's signing on the sixteenth. So that makes yeah. me think that you would. I guess if you weren't enrolling, you'd wait till February signing. You'd day. wait till National Signing right. Day. Interesting. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Uh, but then yeah. it also just gives you an opportunity to end the speculation. So if you're a college program and you've got to lay out your class and you've got, let's say, Donovan Edwards on your list, you know, you're, and let's say he, you know, he's put together his de facto top three. He's got seven right now. So I know. So I'm Michigan, Alabama, Georgia, LSU. Uh, Penn State, State, Notre Dame, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yep, yep. So, but I'm sure in his brain, I'm thinking I would probably have it down to three or something like that right now. I know Notre Dame is coming hard right now. But those guys being Notre Dame or whoever they are would want to know, are you coming or not as early as I can? So before National Signing Day, I can go out and recruit the other guys. So that's why I don't know uh, how that works. Yeah, the purpose of the NCAA creating the second signing day, the early signing day, was for those kids who wanted to. But yeah, I don't know that the specificity, if you, you do to. sign, you have to go. Yeah, I don't I don't know that part. But yes, the, the original intent of having the second signing day it, was so it, kids could go early. In terms of where Edwards lands, just on a quick aside, this Harbaugh contract craziness that's going on at Michigan right now, to me, completely eliminates them. And a, and a year ago, even three months ago, I would have told you that Donovan was probably leaning towards Michigan because his two best friends, uh, Makari uh, Page and, and Cornell Wheeler, are there. But w- I mean, with the uncertainty right now, I, I don't think there's any chance he goes to Michigan. Yeah, and the madness. If they would have right. had a spring college football season, I, yeah. I, th- I think you're right. He'd be a Wolverine uh, signing whether it's in December or February. Uh, Division three is interesting when we're talking about early Monroleys. I don't know the list of River Rouge or Detroit Martin Luther King guys who will be uh, leaving uh, before a de facto spring football season, uh, but those two were scheduled to meet right off the bat. Yeah, Jalen Reed is the only King guy that I could see specifically that said he was going um, and I couldn't, I started looking through the list of the River Rouge kids and I didn't see anybody that had announced it, but that doesn't mean there isn't anybody. But yeah, that both of those rosters could very well be very different. Right, right, exactly. So, uh, again, we had some really, really good, uh, games that were that were set were set to play this week like in a few days but it is what it is and actually the weather is not horrible it's gorgeous today (laughs) you know what i mean i mean just in general i think looking at next week it was going to be you know kind of high 30s low 40s um we could deal with that but uh unfortunately um well we'll see when this next pause the 20th ends Uh, you know i'm sure the mhsa had a fully scoped and fleshed out spring plan before things were scrapped yeah so obviously it would just be modifications on that because which would have included a condensed winter season so we'll see how that works do out. we do, let me just throw this out here before we move on do we know we were talking about the number one offensive player in the state and donovan edwards do we know about damon Payne and what his intentions are the belleville uh, defensive lineman who's committed to alabama I and i would say is the number one defensive player in the state yeah 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, Dame's not on Twitter a whole lot, and he hasn't right. posted anything. But he hasn't posted anything for months about anything. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would just look that up. Do too. Alabama? Are, I mean, I'm I'm thinking to myself, if you're an Alabama recruit, they're telling you you should be down there early. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, you want to get yourself immersed in that pro. There's no because reason they, oh, they over recruit. I mean, they yeah. they give they give sixty guys thirty spots, and then right. you get down there, and they're like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna play for those spots." Well, exactly between, between July and and the, the start of the season, right? There's a competition from day one, right. and meaning January one for those guys, yeah, yeah. yeah, to get themselves familiar with the coaches, familiar with the playbook, and all that to see if it's gonna work out or I gotta go somewhere else. So, yeah, I would say for Damon, there's certainly, granted, it would be wonderful to hoist a state championship hardware, uh, but uh, in your best interest, for these really top guys, I think you should be down there there to, to well, get Rock, yourself Rock, acclimated. Both uh, the, the Clarkston Twin Terrors uh, on the line, uh, Rocco Spindler and Garrett Dellinger, are both leaving. Yeah. Rocco's I, going to Notre Dame. You got to do it. Clarkson's no longer in the playoffs. So right. It doesn't, so it doesn't, doesn't matter. play a role in what we're talking about. Absolutely. Right. All right. We're going to talk more about the early signing period, those who are putting pen to paper. But first, the MHSAA is a proud partner with State Champ Sports Network, and it's our duty to let you know that now more than ever, officials are needed to sustain the health of high school sports literally so now is the best time for you to get reattached to the game listen to this the love of the game draws us to sports as players coaches spectators and officials for officials it's a way to stay in the game they once played to feel the thrill of putting on the uniform stepping out of the playing surface hustling to make the call and building the relationships which can only be built in sports if you still have that love for the game, we always need new officials. Register now at MHSAA.com. A message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association, promoting the value and values of educational athletics. Okay, welcome back, everybody, as we, uh, we continue the State Champs Michigan Extra Point podcast. My name is Lauren Plant, joined by Scott Bernstein and Matt Mowry of the State Champs Scout Team. We're going to talk a little recruiting uh, right now and uh, kind of continue our conversation on the early signing period. Uh, we talked about the teams that were still left in the football playoffs and how guys leaving would affect those teams. But in general, the early signing period is an exciting time for some of our top athletes in, uh, in and around the state uh, to uh, put pen to paper as to where they're going to play their college football. So uh, any notables that uh, you guys may have? Just in the last couple of days, um, Rick, Raquan Buckley from Wyoming Godwin Heights committed to Nebraska. Nebraska. So I think he's going to be signing on on, on the 16th. Uh, defensive end, just a uh, – to me, he's incredibly underrated. Uh, you know, I think they only rank him a three-star. Uh, he's a four-star talent in a, in a three-star package. Um, just uh, ferocious. You know, had like ninety. You know, I want to say he had somewhere between eighty and ninety tackles in nine games, uh, eleven sacks. Just, uh, just is is so instinctive and in collapsing the pocket. So you know, that's a that's a real steal for for Scott Frost and the Huskers, in my opinion. And then Kyle Fugetti, uh, offensive lineman from Livonia Franklin, he had decommitted from. Miami of Ohio or Ball Miami. State? Miami of Ohio. Uh, Miami. And then was only on the market for about a week and then committed to Pitt, um, which is a, a good pickup for the Panthers. And then a real sleeper who I, uh, I, I'm i in love with as, a, as in terms of value and upside, River Rouge's uh, Tyler McMillan, who's a six foot three, 315-pound 
uh, offensive lineman that's really flown, flown under the radar, uh, committed to Tulsa. And, and I, I, I was talking to Alan True about him a couple weeks ago before he ended up uh, you know, jumping and committing to the Golden Hurricane that, you know, if he would have waited a little bit and waited uh, into the new year that you know, Alan was thinking that, you know, he could have had some much bigger programs come in and, and, and offer him. Matt, how about you? Well, obviously, the one kid that we talked about earlier, uh, Christian Dureed, who we all had kind of been wondering who's going to be the first to to give him an offer. He just got one from Alabama State, I believe, yesterday. Um, and it's good to see. I mean, it's one yeah. of those kids that, yeah, we've talked ad nauseum about how he probably doesn't have the quote-unquote measurables that people are completely looking for. But all the kid does is win and throw touchdowns. I mean, yeah. that's a pretty good combination for, for a quarterback. And, you know, maybe he goes someplace like that. Maybe, as we've said before, maybe he goes D2. But it's good to see that he's actually getting some of those offers. And we, we've talked about, uh, Scott and I have both, you know, had blogs and we had it on the scout team show, that this is that, that kind of that, that point in the season, too, where some of those kids who've been D2 commits all along – you know, like Bruno Gubernich from from CC and and Michael Michael Heldman, who's in our our Anvil Award uh, contest. Those are the guys who have been, you know, like Grand Valley or or wherever commits, and now now they're getting their D one offers. And both those guys have flipped their D one offers to to see or flipped their commitments to, to CMU. Yeah, it's, Hel- this is the interesting time. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say Heldman. Uh, this is the interesting time where you go ahead and you see, you know, people get those, those offers and, and they jump at them because, you know, it's, if, if, if you're getting an offer that you figured you'd never get, go ahead. I was going to say, it could be the most impressive number in the entire truncated football season is Helbin has 21 sacks in a shortened season. And if the playoffs well, somehow get finished, and he's there. He has a chance to break the the all time MHSA record for a season, which I believe is twenty six. The official number of stacks that I got from his coach, and I was going off this too because we were updating the stacks, the stats for all of their capsules. The official number that his coach gave me was sixteen and a half, oh, which is still okay. really stinking. Yeah, really stinking impressive. Okay. But but he, he um, was I was inter- trying to figure out that discrepancy too. Yeah. There were interviews that were done where that they listed him at 20 or 21, but it, whatever it is, 16 is still pretty impressive. No doubt. And I think Nick Perry has the record. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. He okay. has the record, but I don't know it's uh, the official record because I don't uh, yeah. know that it's in the book. But, uh, yeah, he did, he does have the unofficial record. Okay. Yeah, and his I think his unofficial was like 33. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Heldman's a beast. It's though. up there. But yes, I, I yeah. was I I was blown away by seeing him in the district finals against Stony Creek. I mean, he was all over the place. Um, so you know, Grand Valley, like, or sorry, uh, Central Michigan, uh, just you know, really came away with a a special player. Um, he's he's a he's tall. He's he's someone that uh, has great footwork. He's got a motor that's you know probably the most impressive motor I've seen of a defensive lineman this year. And uh, I was saying to myself, you know, how does this kid not have any division one offers? And then central Michigan came in and, and fit that bill. One other guy I want to shout out uh, who's going a uh, division two, uh, Carson Gulker, the quarterback at Zeeland West committed Zealand to West. Ferris state. And that's a nice grab for the Bulldogs. 
All right, fabulous. Hey, guys, because the remainder of the state tournament remains on hold, the state champs, Mr. Football and Amble Awards will be chosen before the end of the year. The voting for both races will conclude at noon on Wednesday, December 16th. We've been saying December 16th a lot. Uh, that is also when the voting ends. So whomever leads the vote at this time will automatically earn bursts in both the Mr. Football and Amble Award Final Fours. We will publicly announce the remainder of both Final Fours on Friday, December 18th. The winners of both races will be revealed the week of December 28th. And I just want to send a shout out to Hungry Howie's uh, for five years now. They have been the presenting sponsor for Mr. Football. And, and it was their generous support that allowed us a couple of years ago to start up the Anvil Award to uh, name the top lineman and linebacker in the state. So. Uh, just so that you guys, as we get into this conversation, uh, understand uh, how we pick our guys, because we've got Final Four coming up. That's going to be our first choice. Uh, we vote 30% on performance throughout the season. Uh, that in, And then what we do is we basically, uh, in a room, whether virtually or uh, in person, we kind of list them out on the board. Who are the guys that we think performance throughout the season based rank at the top? And that's how we do it. Uh, 20% goes into level of competition throughout the season. 20% goes to the online vote. So in that category, uh, for instance, uh, DeWitt quarterback, Ty Holtz leads brother rice, all everything Rocco Melia by 14,000 votes as of noon on Friday, December 11th. That's when we're recording this podcast. Uh, so he would automatically be at the top of that huge 20% over everybody else. 15% uh, goes to big game performance. Obviously, playoffs are big games. Rivalry games are big games. Uh, and then obviously just games that are scheduled against uh, teams where even if at the time they maybe didn't seem like they were a big game, but really were a big game because this team came out of nowhere. Romeo, for example, would be a big game performance where as they started off slow but ended up being very well. Uh, bless you there, Matt. Matt is... <laughs> gathering himself together 10 percent goes to team success so we allot 10 percent uh in a ranking category on how well your team did because uh you know invariably there are great individuals uh who are on our list who maybe were on a team that is not outstanding um but if your team is doing great obviously you as a key pivotal star for that team have something to do with success. That's why we just give it 10%. And 5% goes to the high, highly recruited athlete. We've been asked over the years, too, why do you include anything with regards to recruiting uh, in your ranking? Well, there are two reasons. Number one is that... Uh, you know, somebody who is super highly recruited, obviously, is somebody who, uh, in a lot of people's eyes, based not just based on what you see on the field, are fantastic football players. We are talking about Mr. Football here uh, in the state of Michigan. Also, I would say that a lot of times those players are the guys with the biggest bullseyes on their back. They have more pressure on them going into a particular game. Teams know, let's say, if you're Donovan Edwards, that they are going to do everything they can to stop you. And they're going to gear a lot of their offense. They'll say, look, just make sure Donovan Edwards doesn't get his. We'll take care of everybody else. So those guys have some some added pressure, and that's why we put it on there. Now, what, what we want to do here is since we have the Mr. Football Final Four coming out shortly, I just wanted the guys uh, to give their top six uh, in the Mr. Football race. We'll start there uh, with 
you know, who those guys are. Not in any order, not ranking them in anything here. We're just saying right now, these are the six that I'm considering for uh, inclusion into the Final Four. And obviously on uh, in a few days when we get together and, and we uh, you know go through the actual criteria, then we're going to have our guys. So I will start and I will give you my six Mr. Football candidates in no order at all. Belleville quarterback Christian Reed, Livonia Stevenson running back Caden Woodall. Davison quarterback, Brendan Sullivan. Muskegon Mona Shores quarterback and everything else, Brady Rose. And West Bloomfield running back, Donovan Edwards. That's just my six that right now I'm kind of considering. Uh, you know, obviously Ty Holtz is that other one because he's leading the vote. So he'd probably be in my list in my top six regardless. So uh, Ty Holtz from DeWitt is the other one. So uh, Matt, why don't you give us your six? I had uh, Donovan Edwards, Christian Reed, Brady Rose, Jace Williams, <clears throat> considering that my criteria for that was that when you set the all-time touchdown reception record, that kind of put him in there. Yeah, as, absolutely. Uh, as yeah. Uh, Caden Woodall and DJ Stepney. Okay. How about you, Scotty? Uh, I'm uh, sorry. It's okay. I was away from the mic. Yeah. Uh, so mine are Christian Reed, uh Donnie Edwards, um, Brady Rose, Jace Williams, Caden uh, Woodall, and um, Drew Stepney. Okay. Now, remember, Ty Holtz has to be in that conversation just because uh, he's going to win the vote. So uh, that's where we're at there. I'm going to give you my top six. And that's nothing against Ty Holtz. I mean, he's a, oh, yeah. a stud under well, center this year. Right. And if he wins the vote, which, again, he yeah. was leading by 14,000 votes with, uh, you know, about five days to go, uh, he'll be in there and we he, we will be forced to have to. And, and, he's, he's, a and he's a junior. It, right. Exactly. Remember, yeah. And that's the beauty about Mr. Football uh, is that you do not have to be a senior to win this award. Uh, my top six for the Anvil right now, well, Clarkson's Rocco Spindler leads by about 20,000 votes as of uh, today, which is Friday, December 11th. My other five are Castex Raheem Anderson, Belleville's Damon Payne, Fenton's Josh Thompson, Romeo's Michael Heldman, and Sterling Heights Stevenson's Giovanni Elhade. Scott, who are your Anvil oh, six? Go, go, go to Matt. For All right, we'll go to Matt. He's pulling it up. I actually had the same. Now your turn, Scott. No, yeah, I said I had Rocco, uh, Giovanni Elhadi, Raheem Anderson, Damon Payne, Michael Heldman, and Josh Thompson in in my final six. And obviously, as you said, Rocco's leading the vote, so that we weren't going to have to sub anybody in there. I think the interesting thing, and we've kind of talked about this, Mister Football has been around for a while, so you know that kids want that award. I think the now that we've had this around for this is the third year, I believe third year, yeah. Yeah, people are starting to understand that this award is pretty cool, too. And you're seeing some of these kids, you know, in the responses for try the stats. You know, I, I got a lot of you'll see why I deserve this award. When people want this award, that's kind of when you realize, OK, we've we've kind of built something that that uh, is pretty cool. Hey, it's impressive on your resume. No question about it. It just sounds cool. Who are you? I'm the 2020 Michigan Anvil, Anvil winner. Sounds right. like you're really tough. Yeah, I'd like you on my team, college coach. So uh, my list of uh, front runners right now would be. Uh, <clears throat> I would start with. Uh, don't do you, you don't have to front run or anything. Okay, we're just rank, we're just giving me six. Okay, we're gonna do our final four and our work. I just want to know who are in your six to be considered for Mister Football. Uh, Giovanni Elhadi, uh, Mike Heldman, Damon Payne, Rocco Spindler, 
uh, Caleb Tiernan and Josh Thompson. All right. That's good. So with both of our lists, you could see we had a variety of guys. Uh, we're not all all set on a certain some some. And believe it or not, and, and you really should understand this, when we get in the room, whether it's virtually or otherwise, uh, we have a vigorous, uh, healthy debate on these subjects. And we may come in with preconceived notions, and then we do the work, and we rank them, and we use the criteria as our basis and uh, often, sometimes we're, we're very surprised. But in the end, we've done the work and we're very comfortable when uh, we leave the room that, uh, hey, these are our guys and uh, th the work has been done. So uh, Coach Beckler will be a part of the Anvil Award uh, and um, we'll probably have Jonathan Kidd a part of that as well. Uh, anyone on the state champ staff who wants to participate in deliberations, uh, for sure we will have Sean Belisian as a part of the Mr. Football uh, talk and uh, we'll get those those information uh, and get those final fours out to you guys. So just one more reminder, the voting for both races concludes at noon on Wednesday, December 16th. Whomever leads the vote at that time will automatically be in the final four for both the Mr. Football and the Amble Award. We'll publicly announce the remainder of both final fours on Friday, December 18th. And the winners, the champions, will be revealed the week of December 28th. So that is the deal with those awards. And again, uh, I want to thank Hungry Howie's for, for being a, spo a sponsor. So uh, we're kind of at the end here, guys. There's not a whole lot more we could talk. Is there anything else that you guys would like to uh, chime in before we uh, bid adieu for now? <clears throat> Silence is deafening. No. I mean, I, I hope that we, we're reconvening for another podcast sooner than later and, and talking about – MHSAA football and the football playoffs and being able to put a capper on this 2020 season, even if it's in 2021. And as I said at the beginning, as I said at the beginning of the show, I know that Mark Ewell and the MHSAA are going to do everything in their power to make this happen. I just I worry that it's it's out of their control and and the logistics of pulling something like this off might just be um, you know uh, uh, something that just literally can't get done because it's humanly impossible to get done right and i i will say this it will make for an interesting spring yeah if we get to kind of kick off the spring with this little uh flurry of activity and then get into he, he, our respective actually, spring you know sports what? i be, would love it i, I do want to add a add a comment that that i think could be an issue that pops up um if we do have a spring season or I shouldn't say spring season. If we have a, a, a spring ending of the 2020 campaign, that, that could open up a Pandora's box in terms of people campaigning for spring football in Detroit. Or sorry, spring football in Michigan, uh, which, you know, a lot of the, the, the down south and out west uh, state governing bodies have spring football. And I can just see, you know, Coaches seeing if they if they pull off a three or four week playoff in in March and April, I can see coaches kind of coming and 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 starting a little bit of a um, you know rallying the the uh, circling the horses to try to maybe get a a, a a four week or five week spring football practice or, or or scrimmages in the future, saying hey we did it in 2021 when we needed to get a playoff finished maybe we should think about doing it 
on a more consistent basis. I would say there's been an argument uh, for a long time that there are other states that have advantages uh, over what we do here uh, in the states in terms of the rules we have for high school and, you know, at the college level and certainly uh, at the high school level in baseball, for instance, they have a fall ball limited schedule that gets uh, these guys opportunities to play at the high school level, not the club level, at the high school level. Uh, So, yeah, that could be interesting. Yeah, it's just my my thought is I think they'll get something in. I just don't know how watered down it will be and how much of a, you know, at some point you almost get to the limiting factor of how much pain is this going to cause to shoehorn this in between the two other seasons and how much is that going to disadvantage those two other seasons. I think they'll get something in. I just don't know how much angst there will be around you know how it actually gets done and as scott said hopefully we're here sooner rather than later talking about you know getting it concluded and getting everybody that closure that that mark Ewell keeps talking about so we can move on and and do a you know a real winter season and a real spring season matt do you see that there's any possibility that if they do pull off some some form of a spring playoff that that then opens up the conversation for maybe Michigan should have some form of spring football. It certainly could, but I, and, and I think certainly I've had a couple of coaches mentioned M- that to me. Yeah. With the MHSA specifically using as one of their arguments consistently throughout this whole process, that if we don't do it, someone else will step in. That's exact, almost exactly what you're talking about here. If they don't do it, will somebody else step in and do the spring football? So it, I, I think it certainly opens the door more than it's ever been opened before, that that this is you know closer to a possibility. Now, how much will that, again, be you know one of those political footballs that, you know, what, what does this take away from? And I think that's kind of going to be the, the question of, you know, does this disadvantage another sport because you're, you're making this opportunity well, it certainly for does. football? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. I just had two coaches of pretty prominent programs, one on the west side of the state, one from Metro Detroit, bring it up to me in the last couple of weeks when I was calling them to talk about recruiting stuff. And, and I, I, I hadn't really thought about that, but someone said, you're, you're opening up a pa- you're opening up a Pandora's box. So I kind of stole that from him, but it, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Well, and, and just like things do change, things are changing at the Michigan High School Athletic Association. We're seeing new leadership. Uh, and uh, as you, uh, you know, expressed how well uh, you believe Mark Yule and, and the crew are, are handling this particular situation. Uh, I think that um, idea, I think, they're more open for ideas and conversation. So I think I think over the next few years we are going to see because, uh, like it or not, this pandemic has kind of changed everything. And um, you know who knows if we'll see it. And the last thing I'll say when we're talking about you know the MHSA and and the way you know trends and 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 recruits, take a look at Yipsy Prep right now. <laughs> It's not. It's not all. It's not always uh, no. a, a, a bouquet of roses. Even if it looks amazing and and on paper everything looks perfect, it sometimes you for know, those who care- aren't familiar, be careful just, what you wish for. For those who are not in the know, just, just you know, explain what Ipsy Prep. So Ipsy Prep is a um, a prep school that is the first prep school to open up in Michigan online. 
online. I don't uh, think they have a physical building. It's Amani Bates, who's the the phenom of all phenoms, number one player in America right now as a junior. Uh, he, he was at Ypsilanti Lincoln the last couple of years, won a state championship as a freshman. Um, and him and his father and Nike came together in the off season, started this prep school and took about 10 players from the MHSAA. Uh, some of those guys are still there. Some aren't. And they're, they've started their schedule and they're struggling and they're having some chemistry issues and issues with, you know, how many shots certain kids are putting up and how much attention Amani Bates is getting. And, it, and it's gone public. It's on social media. People are blogging about it and writing about it. And it, it just, it, it, it was something that looked like it was, you know, a perfect fit for so many people. Uh, and it was kind of a, an answer to what some people viewed as a, uh, as, a, as an archaic MHSAA or uh, an MHSAA that that wasn't ahead of the curve but was behind the curve, and this was their answer to it. And I'm just saying sometimes, you know, be careful what you wish for because it, it doesn't look like it's all a, a perfectly uh, well-oiled machine right now. And some of that might just be, you know, we're, they're only six months into it, but it, it seems like it's not just the off-the-court stuff either. They're They're struggling on the court. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, it'll be interesting, uh, and it's kind of a nice segue because uh, certainly State Champs Michigan has uh, tons of podcasts that are loaded up for the future, uh, and that includes the State Champs Michigan Hang Time podcast, so I'm sure that is going to be uh, a debate. We'll make sure that uh, uh, you know we're, we'll bring in our other resident expert, TJ Kelly, back into things. Scott will be there. Matt will be there talking about uh, what's happening on the girls' side of things, uh, so that's all that we have to look forward to uh, just on. Um, uh, from a basketball perspective, uh, lots more also coming up. So I want to thank everyone who's tuned in all season. When the MHSAA lays out his plan for football to resume, we will bring you another Extra Point podcast. We'll also give you some sound from our new state champs, Mr. Football and Amble Award winners from 2020. Now, <clears throat> as we mentioned earlier, the State Champs Scout Show continues to roll new shows premiere every Wednesday across the State Champs network, including on the free downloadable State Champs Sports app. So make sure you check out State Champs Scout Show, especially because we don't have sports here in Michigan. Uh, but we do talk about Indiana and Ohio recruiting uh, on that show as well. Uh, this is a video show, so just you know, subscribe to State Champs on social media. Go to the website, download the app. You can watch State Champs Scout Show. Uh, we're going to do them. Basically about 45 weeks a year because, as Scott mentioned, recruiting never stops. Now, to read all of Scott's and Matt's written work, please visit our website, statechampsnetwork.com. So for Scott Bernstein and Matt Mowry, I'm Lauren Plant. Unless we talk sooner, have a wonderful holiday season, and we'll talk at you next time on the State Champs Michigan Extra Point Podcast.